Happy Friday, America. It's uh, your old friend Mike here. I'm inside today talking on my microphone, so I might be a little quieter than usual because it's rainy outside, uh, but my wife is sleeping in the next room, so I can't be too loud. So turn up your radio and listen to my silky NPR voice. And welcome to another episode of Made Man, the official Madman podcast of me, Mike. Now, we're almost done with season one. Can you believe it? This is episode 12 of Made Man. Uh, Over 11 weeks, because we did two in the first uh, week. Over the last 11 weeks, I've grown to understand this show. Uh, And again, this is only the first season. But I've grown to understand why it became such a phenomenon. Because, or phenomena, or whatever the hell the word is. Because I'm loving it. Okay, and we only have one episode left in this season, but that's next week. This week is about Nixon versus Kennedy election night. And um, I wonder towards the end if that was some sort of metaphor for something else. So I'll get into it. Now I have to warn you that you might hear some paper in the background because I took I watched this episode at lunchtime today and I thought all these thoughts are going through my head. Usually I finish the episode and I start recording right away. That's not the case for today. So I actually took a few notes. You know, I usually say it's stream of consciousness. Um, but I did take some notes just to com- just kind of to remind me where I was uh, with everything. It's election night. So these guys are still pulling for Nixon. Nixon still seems to be in the lead. Um, they would be shocked if Kennedy won. But the young guys were like, you know, what does it matter either way? If, Ken- if Nixon wins, hooray. If Kennedy wins, we get to console women. All they think about is getting laid and hooking up with the women in the office. Why? Because uh, once Don leaves and goes home for the night, and first of all, he surprised Betty. She's there with a glass of wine. Didn't seem to be really happy to see Don. And they kind of just spoke for a second and went their separate ways. But the office basically became Caligula. I mean, it was a madhouse. Um, they drank. They danced. They filled the water cooler with some kind of green liqueur. Um, one of the guys hooked up with one of the... Uh, secretaries, even though he's a married man. I don't remember which guy it was, what his name is. He's the guy with the glasses um, who actually hooked up with Alison Brie in the show Glow. So he has a history of cheating on his wife on television shows. Um, But he seemed a little ashamed of what he did, but he hooked up with that girl. Uh, The other guy, another guy in the, what's he, Kenneth Cosgrove? These names, I, I don't remember them all. Uh, he tried to hook up with Joan, I think. They danced a little bit, but it was weird because they found a... Um, the, some of the guys were going through stuff while the, the whole party was going on. They found a play in his office, and he was really mad, but then they ended up acting it out with Sal being the main guy. He kisses Joan, and Joan has this look on her face. It was either, this kiss was amazing... Or this is the kiss of a guy who's never kissed a woman before. Or, you know, she could tell something was off. Um, But 
it was just kind of a, it was weird because they were also, they're running around tackling secretaries and saying, what color panties do you have? And grab the panties. And then the girl's like, hee, hee, hee. And she seemed to like it. And then she ends up leaving his office uh, the next morning along with the other one who, yeah, some of these guys hooked up with some of these women. And it was pretty much, um, it was pretty much debauchery. Um, While Pete went home to his wife, who he doesn't seem to like to be with in any way. Pete is, I was texting someone at work today who I watched the show. They watched the show years ago. Uh, Pete Campbell is a son of a bitch. He's a fiend. Um, and I don't like him. It's sad because I like his wife, uh, but I don't like him. He took that mail for Don Draper. And it's been killing him or what to do with it because he's been, I guess he's been up at night looking at it. It almost felt like at first he was guilty he felt guilty for knowing these things, but it turns out he's just an asshole and he just wants to use it for what's best for Pete. So he confronts Don and is like, you know, I think I should get this uh, head of accounts job. Oh, yeah. So the episode starts with Don bringing some guy in. Duck Phillips, I think is his name, brings him in to meet Mr. Cooper um, they talk about this guy having accounts at other places and, you know, should he bring him in? And the young guys look at him as like an old timer coming in for one last hurrah. And I was wondering, is this a replacement for Roger or is he coming in to fill in for Roger? I didn't quite make the connection. Or is it because Don is getting a promotion? They need someone to fill his spot. I don't know. Um, but anyway, they bring this new guy in and this is a job that Pete seems to want. And he thought, what a perfect time to try to blackmail Don Draper with this information. He also tries to go right into Don's office without telling, without asking Peggy first. And Peggy is sick of Pete. She sees Pete, and she's actually sick of them all. But she sees Pete try to go, and she's like, "Can I help you?" And finally, and she actually, before he even had a chance. She buzzed it, Don, and said, you know, Pete would like to see you. Mr. Campbell would like to see you. Kind of playing a power move, and he's like, thanks, sweetheart. Oh, I hate you, Pete. But um, he basically says, I know that you're not Don Draper. I know that you're Dick Whitman. He did some research, too, because Dick Whitman was listed as dying in the war. Was it 1951 or something like that? And Don Draper um, didn't exist. I forget what it was exactly that... Your name is Dick Whitman, and Don Draper is from here. Dick Whitman died um, during the war, so he knows that you're either a deserter or that you aren't. You are basically who you you aren't who you claim to be, and you can see Don's face just kind of like freak out when Pete leaves the room. First, he like tries to be all cool and be like, you know, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. But the moment Pete leaves the room, he's just shaken up, and we get a little flashback to. Uh, Dick Whitman in the army. He's alone with one uh, commanding officer and their job is to build a field hospital. It felt like his voice was a little higher and I don't know if they did something to make him talk a little higher or if he did something to talk a little higher so he felt or seemed a little younger or if it's just because he's younger he hasn't been smoking so many cigarettes over the years. But to me it just felt like his voice was a little um, 
younger in that flashback. But it just shows a young man who he's there like, why did you even, he, he volunteered for the army. They're like, why'd you do that? He said, because I just needed to get away. Um, what's funny is the next day, uh, the election results were still not definite. Like Don's like, uh, you know, I look at one newspaper, they say one thing. I look at another newspaper, they say another thing. And you realize like during the party, they were like, all right, we're, everyone's going to bed for the night. Uh, and that was it. Like nowadays it's 24 hours and we wait in 24 hours. That's my accent coming through. Um, and we wait until it is definite until the other person's, um, you know, um, concedes. And this was like, you know, we'll wait until the next morning. And, uh, you know, Cooper was basically, it seemed like Bert Cooper was pretty much, um, set that Kennedy had won, or as he said, bought himself an election. Um, and he was like, maybe he could play with us, you know, work with us as well. After Pete kind of, he didn't really, he didn't threaten, he did threaten him without almost, the only thing he didn't say was, or else. But he basically wanted Pete, wants uh, Don to um, think about giving him the job. All he needs is that job, and all this goes away. Well, um, you could feel Don's world closing in on him to the point where this Don Draper guy we know exists less than we even realize. It's not just that he took someone's name and, you know, started a new life for himself. It's that he's living this life still as a lie for as long as he can, I guess, to enjoy as much as he can. Because the moment the rug might get pulled out from under him, thinking to his job and maybe to his family, his first thought is to go over to Rachel Mankin's house and ask her to run away with him. Just let's pack up, let's get out of here, let's go to California. And she's like, what about your kids? He's like, I will still provide for them. It was like an afterthought, like, oh, yeah, my kids, I will still provide for them. They won't be my kids anymore, but that's it. He was willing to give it all up for Rachel. So to me, he also seems like he's found something in her that he does not see in Betty. Maybe it's that Rachel Mencken is smart enough to not give some of her hair to a, a, a neighbor child or she doesn't shoot pigeons in the backyard I don't know it could be a myriad of things uh, That's that giving that kid hair is going to stick with me for years I think um, we haven't seen the divorcee in a while I realize eh, maybe we'll see her again who knows but um, Don was just ready to give it all up Screw it. Goodbye. Just like he did before. Gave it up once. Give it up again. And uh, move on. And Who knows what happens after that. Um, but Rachel was basically, basically, she called him a coward. 
she could te- she could see that um what he was doing he was just kind of freaking out and uh she was not having it she kicked him out of the house or out of her office when she went back to uh, when he went back to his office, he found Peggy in there and he yells at her, but like, what the hell are you doing in here? And uh, she's crying. And she's basically, she said, I just need to get away from them because um, during the party, lots of hell was going on and some of the lockers were broken into and some of her money was stolen, $3 worth, which believe me, that's if I had $3 stolen from me now, I'd be pissed. And one of the guys was like, if I give you $3, will you stop yelling at us? Um this was the next morning. They were all kind of um, hung over. And she says, I'm going to call security, building security. So she calls while she's in Don's office. She says, I called building security. And um, it's all my fault that the janitor and the elevator operator got fired. Guess why they got fired? Because they're two black guys. And they were the, they were, something got stolen. Blame the two black guys, and boom, they get fired. So she feels awful about that, and uh, you know if that's not her fault, that's just the the building. Uh, whoever runs the building would rather be racist than be right. Uh, but she made a nice point to Don, just about um, you know you you're doing the right thing, you're being good. Why are you going to let someone, um, you know? who's not be doing the right thing. How come they get to win? How could they, how come they get to walk around and be, you know, and enjoy things? And I don't know if that was a dig at Joan. I don't know if that was just the, the office in general. I don't know if that was specific to Pete, but it seemed to resonate with Don and he gave her a drink to calm her nerves. And, um, he's like, you know, it's, it really seemed to make a nice point to her. Uh, and then he's like, here, and he gives her his glass to go clean. So, you know, there's still that. You know, Thanks, Peggy, for the great point, uh, but you still have to clean my glass for me. For me. So he finally, Don, you can see Don was like, screw it. And he goes with, um, he starts walking over to Cooper's office. Pete stops him and is like, you know, you don't have to do this. He's like, I'm going to hire Duck Phillips. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I, I I feel that I'm doing my duty to tell Mr. Cooper that you're not who you say you are. And he's like, first he was like, you know, you don't have to do this. Earlier in the episode, he said, if you think that I am the type of person who would um, give you a job just to keep this secret, what else do you think I would do to keep this secret? So it was a veiled little threat at Pete, and I really wanted him to uh, to beat the shit out of Pete. But again, you know. You got to be careful because I think Pete could also be a serial killer. Um, but he goes in to tell uh, Mr. Cooper that right in front of they, first of all, they take their shoes off, which is weird. He goes in, but that's the way his office is. He goes in to tell Cooper that uh, he's hiring Duck Phillips and Pete's there. Pete's just standing there and he's like, okay, great. Was there something else? And I thought Pete was going to crumble under the pressure. And he didn't. He actually told Cooper pretty much everything. He said that, you know, Dick Whitman, this guy, Dick Whitman, um, this guy's Dick Whitman. He died in the war, blah, blah, blah. He told him the whole thing that this guy, this guy's not who he says he is. He's Dick Whitman. Uh, 
and the real Dick Whitman died in the war and blah, blah, blah. And this is a, you know, he's either deserter or he is, you know, worse. And Mr. Cooper just stands there for a second and says, Mr. Campbell, who cares? And the look on Pete's face was like, what are you talking about? He said, this person standing before me is Don Draper in this room right now. He's the only Don Draper I know. And to me, that's all that matters. And he sends him away. And Cooper didn't care. He knows the man that's working with him. And that's all he cares about. And you can see the look of relief on Don Draper that basically this part of his life that he was worried about is over to a degree. He still doesn't tell Betty. So I don't know if it comes up again in the future, but as far as work is concerned, it can never be used against him uh, to build the career he's building. And it's funny. He said, you could fire him if you want to, but he was pretty smart that he said something like one, but one never knows how loyalty is born. So in other words, he's telling Don Draper what he just did is a fireable offense. If you don't fire him, he may see that as some sort of mercy and be so fiercely loyal to you that he'll never do something like that again. That's one way of looking at it. Another way is he's going to bring that shotgun uh, back to work, or it might still be in his office, and uh, watch out. So that's where I said, Pete Campbell, you are one son of a bitch. You're a fiend. <sighs> Unbelievable. Oh, it's funny, he... When he went to see Rachel, not funny, he went to see Rachel and she's like, you don't even tell me everything. And he goes, you know more about me than anybody. The fact that he told her a little bit about his childhood in a previous episode is more than he's told anybody about himself ever. Um, which is crazy, but he still doesn't tell her everything. Now, lastly, we get one uh, final flashback back to the war where he's working with his commanding officer and they jump into a foxhole because there's some explosions going on. And then his officer gets up and I'm thinking, okay, this is where the shot comes. This is where, um, you know, he ducks or something and the other guy gets hit. So he drops his lighter and I thought, really, he's going to bend over and the other guy's going to get shot. Uh, but no, he drops his lighter and it hit some gas or there was some fuel that was, that was leaking and a huge explosion and he killed his commanding officer. So they did a little back and forth of him accidentally killing his commanding officer. Then they show him in a hospital. And he's like, they're like, uh, Mr. Draper, Commander Draper, whatever your name is. Um, as, you know, the United States, President of the United States would like to award you with the Medal of Honor. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, he's waking up and realizing he's being mistaken for the other guy and he's not going to say anything. Not exactly. He, they, then they cut back to the war. He went over and saw the body and he looked at his dog tags and he ripped them off, put them on the, the, the dead guy, took the dead guy's dog tags and put them on him. So he swapped dog tags, pretty much hoping it would work, I guess. This was like all at once he thought, I'm going to get rid of myself and I'm going to take this man's identity um, maybe he knew about him. Maybe he knew there's, there isn't a life out there for Don Draper. I, I might've missed. They never said the guy's name was Don Draper until after the explosion. And I might've missed if they said something specific, like he doesn't have a family at home. So there was like no one looking for 
Don Draper. Um, but he took this guy's name and he gave that body his name. And because he was his commanding officer, the uh, army said, hey, we need you to bring the body back. So he brings the body back on a train, sees outside on the train, sees that woman who I'm not his mother and that man who's not his father. But right. I don't think it was the mother or the father, but it, but he does see his brother, which I guess is his brother. I've, I don't know how it works um, unless that was his dad. I don't you know, there's a. I don't think it was his dad, but it was his brother. And I forget in the earlier episode, did his brother say that was you? I saw you on the train that day. And here we see the young boy looking into the train and seeing Dick Whitman. And the dad's like, no, Dick's right here. You know, he thinks he's just hysterical. And his brother runs after the train. And Dick was like, I can't do this. You have to do this. And the the, the guy who was with uh, Don Draper, Dick Whitman, was like, okay. And he thought of it as, you know, I understand it's too much for you. But no, he doesn't want to see his actual family because he's hiding from them. So he stays on the train. And the woman's like, don't worry, you know, you need to forget that boy in the box and you need to start your life. And she puts his hand on her, on his hand. And she, that was his almost like, hey, yeah, I got a new life now. Blah, 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 boom. Um, and the next shot is him on the train now as Don Draper going home from work. He goes home and um, sees Betty, sees uh, his daughter, and the TV, um, well, they're asleep in front of the TV, and I was thinking it was the part where Betty was talking about the Electoral College, but that was earlier in the episode. Anyway, he sees uh, Nixon conceding on the television to uh, the young Kennedy. And it wasn't until that moment that I thought that Don Draper didn't concede to the young Pete Campbell. And I was like, is there a metaphor of Nixon versus Kennedy and Draper versus Campbell? I don't know. I, th- I think there was. I think that was some sort of underlying metaphor. Um, not a meta three, not a meta five, but a meta four. And I think, um, that's just my thought. I I think that was my thought that, um, it was definitely kind of a paralleled, uh, juxtaposition of words. I'm making things up now, but it was some kind of parallel storyline, except in our story, the older grizzled vet, um, outshines the young upstart who doesn't deserve it with his rich family. Ah, see? He, he, Don Draper said he admired Nixon in an earlier episode because he made he's a self-made man. Kennedy comes from money. That's Pete Campbell. Ba, ba, ba. I am really good at this. I'm really, really good at this. Um, and I have to say that uh, that's it. That's this episode, my friends. Another episode of Made Man in the Books. Another Friday and another week closer to finishing out the first season of Mad Men. Can you believe it? I'm excited that I stuck with this. Because first of all, it makes the show more enjoyable when you try to think of things and talk about it. And it makes it more memorable 
because you ha- you try to think of these things instead of just mindlessly watching it and going on to the next one. I did miss that there was no Roger Sterling in this one because he's awesome, but um, it just helps reinforce my hatred for Pete Campbell. And uh, everyone I've spoken to, even all these years later, they never say anything about him being, uh, you know, better. So I don't know if he becomes a better person or not, but so far, he's awful. And folks, that's it. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Made Man, the official Madman podcast of me and my website, fansonexperts.com. You can find us on Twitter at MadeManPod. You can find us on Facebook at fansonexperts. And we are everywhere that podcasts are. I mean, everywhere. But most importantly, iTunes. Now, I know not everybody uses Apple, but to get your podcast into iTunes is like, it helps get it all over the place. And the thing that gets it more noticed is iTunes reviews. And I got two iTunes reviews, and I want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Morris. Yes, I know you listen. I know you both listened. And... They were listening. I got, a, I got a message the other day because I know who these people are. And I got a text message saying they were listening on the way home from Maine. And let me tell you something, folks. I am the number one podcast for driving home from Maine if your last name is Morris. Um, now, if your last name isn't Morris and you aren't driving from Maine, you could still listen to us. And that's just in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are found. But thank you, Greg, uh, for the podcast review. And thank you, Brandon, my cousin, for the podcast review. I literally texted him, please give me an iTunes review, you jerk. And he wrote back to me, I gave you an iTunes review, you douche. So yes, we love each other. We are, I'm from a loving family. And um, that is it. If you want to give me an iTunes review, um, I will give you a shout out and a thank you on, the, on a future episode. But for this episode, my friends, I am done. I am done. I'm going to go watch the rest of the Bruins game and get ready for some a great weekend of baseball and football. If you're a New England sports fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, neener, neener. So thank you everyone for listening. As I continue on this amazing journey, we are not even close to done. We're going to be doing this for a couple years. If everything goes right, this podcast is going to go on for years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was weird. Anyway, thank you as I go on this journey to become a made man. Go socks, go pants. Fans not experts.